Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, which I'm excited to say we are now airing five days a week. Once a week, you can still hear an interview with a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness across Spaceship Earth. But now, also in addition to the weekly interview, on the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics we deem worthy of discussion. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Procabulary.org. Procabulary offers a brilliant new online uh, language course that I just recently completed myself called Core Language Upgrade. The course material is designed to help you analyze the way you use your words and language to create your reality. I personally believe the words you choose to speak or write out is referred to as spelling for a very good reason. You're literally casting an energetic spell every time you open your mouth, which means it's of the utmost importance that you have a foundational understanding about the power or lack of power that the words you're choosing to use conjures up. I strongly believe language mastery is a highly important skill set that way too few people have taken it upon themselves to become educated on. And what Procabulary does is actually provides you with an incredibly easy to follow roadmap that only takes about 10 minutes a day spanned over 21 days to complete, which shows you how to go about changing your language patterns so that you can start getting better results in every aspect of your life. Now, As a Positive Head Podcast listener, if you decide to go to Procabulary.org and purchase the Core Language Upgrade course, you'll get 33% off if you use the promo code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, on the checkout page. The retail price for Core Language Upgrade is normally $299, and I'd say it's really worth every penny of that, but it's especially worth it after your 33% Positive Head discount because it drops the price to $199. That's a crazy good deal that I had to do some serious convincing to get the guys at Procabulary to give to our listeners, so I really hope some of you will take advantage of it while it lasts. Also, if you need more convincing about the power of Procabulary, check out Positive Head Podcast number 20, where I actually interview Procabulary co-founder Mark England, and we discuss language mastery in great detail. All right, all you Positive Heads, welcome to another edition of the Positive Head Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I have my co-host extraordinaire, Dalian the Alien, here with me. Hello, Dalian. Hi there, Brandon. How How are are you today? How are you today? Oh, well, my head is uh, buzzing a little bit with all these like facts and wonderful uh, posts that I'm seeing on Facebook, this this trippy artwork, the stuff that I was uh, looking into for the story today. There's just so much fascinating stuff out there. Yeah. Well, as you guys know, if you've been tuning in daily and does a lot of the positive stories of the day or the mysterious stories of the day. So, um, yeah, he's uh, always researching and, you know, he's he's a fact uh a fact nerd for sure. So that's why I love the idea of having you on the show for that reason. I'm like, man, there's so much uh, pointless trivia that Dan, you can now help share with the audience. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of it's so fascinating and interesting. So we talk about, you know, what's going on in the the world of science or, or, you know, spirituality or with, you know, different kind of conspiracy related things. There's so much just interesting things happening in the world. So you're, you're a great person to help 
curate that content and find the most uh, exciting and interesting things to talk about. So, Oh, yeah, thanks. I've found a talent and a use, after all, for my uh, seemingly uncanny ability to re- recall random names. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, exactly. You are a testament to the idea of something that finding something to do with something that you, you love by default. And that is something, you know, always reading uh, interesting stories and facts and so forth. And now you have a great outlet to actually share some of that information with people who are going to be interested to hear about it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So today, uh, what would we like to talk about? There's so much good to talk about. Well, one thing that I would like to talk about is uh, I've been sharing some different, my favorite, some of my favorite teachers uh, sporadically over the last week few weeks we've had some excerpts from dr wayne dyer um we've had excerpts from abraham hicks uh you know we've had uh, alan watts so uh these are all some great teachers so part of this podcast the whole intention is to not only share insights and information that i personally uh, or dalian has personally kind of garnered through our own uh you know life experiences but also to turn you on to some of the great teachers that are out there who've really just are a whole nother level with uh teaching and uh, raising consciousness so mm-hmm. um what what i would like to do today is, is actually share with you an excerpt that i found from abraham hicks yet again and uh with that particular uh recording that i'm going to share it's about 10 minutes or so it talks about, you know, the st- stating the idea of I am, I am truly worthy. I am, you know, the power. And this is something that we've talked about a little bit with like the vocabulary stuff and the word abracadabra is, you know, actually, as you speak, so it is, you're, you're casting a spell with the words that you, you're using. So, you know, we've all heard the famous uh, Bible verse actually i am that i am mm-hmm. supposedly and, god's true name right yes exactly so you know i and i heard it actually broken apart before where it's i am that i am you know i am all things so anything you say i am in front of is is extremely powerful i am sick i am poor i am weak well you're actually creating that to be the case when you utter the words i am so start thinking about saying Make it a daily meditation to say, I am powerful. I am abundant. I am loving. And when you, you know, when you con, that's one of the most powerful spells that you can cast as those words. And so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend uh, starting to use the power that is I am. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things that we'll be probably sharing with you guys over and over again. Everything to do with Procabulary, um, just a wonderful product. And uh, it made for a great podcast, of course, Podcast 20 with Mark England. I had to share that with my brother in Chile as well. Uh, I, w- I was just going to quickly mention that because it seemed like that information was going to really help him through a difficult spell there a few months ago, a couple months ago. And it really did help him. It helped yeah. him realize what he was doing. But I was just going to quickly add to what you just said about that whole I am uh, phrase or words. One of the most powerfully creative words that we have in any language, I think. But um, the one thing that I notice people doing these days is that they're consciously noticing that connection between I am and things that they're manifesting, whether they want it or not. So people are now coming around to the idea of phrasing those kinds of uh, statements in a different way. For example, instead of saying, I am stupid, people will begin to say um, something like, I have done something foolish. I have acted in a manner that is not intelligent, but by phrasing it in a slightly different way, then they're, they're not um, 
creating this I am stupid statement that of course you don't want to make real in your life right it's something that typically you're you you think that we just sort of say in a very casual way right right but if you say it like that i am dumb right guess what you're doing you're actually creating an experience for yourself where you're not intelligent yeah yeah if you can just really and this is something that we constantly talk about and we will continue to constantly talk about because that's what this positive head podcast is about redundancy is built in intentionally because you don't just have that delicious uh, uh, lobster dinner one time when it's uh, something that you crave and want more of. It's you want to, this is soul food. And so we want to, the, the most powerful way to really get this information is redundancy. I know for me, I'm going on 20 years of just beating this stuff into my head and I still need it. So it's, you know, with every day that you're listening to this stuff, uh, you know, keep in mind, we are intentionally circling around a lot of the same information over and over and trying to find new ways to pre- present it and new avenues. So without further ado, what we will do at this point is we will play a, an excerpt from Abraham Hicks. Uh, it is, if you search it on YouTube, it is, I am truly worthy and all good things come to me. And uh, the actual page that I found this on is YouTube user Z Mahoon. And um, so without further ado, here is Abraham Hicks with the excerpt, I am truly worthy and all good things come to me. Are you enjoying, except for just you, are you enjoying that your desire continues to evolve just beyond manifestation? And are you enjoying that once a desire is hatched within you, manifestation can occur? Are you enjoying understanding that the hatching of the desire comes first and the manifestation comes once you line up with it? So are you enjoying understanding that there is a logical gap between wanting something and figuring out how to be a vibrational match to it? And therefore, there's a logical gap between wanting something and receiving it in its full, glorious, manifested form. Yes? Do you like realizing that you can be happy about the idea even before it manifests? That's the trick, isn't it? If your unfulfilled desires are still sweetly calling you, then you're fast on their trail. But if your not yet manifested desires are disappointing you, or if you're feeling out of control, or unfulfilled, or unworthy, or just dissatisfied, because you want something that has not happened. If you're jealous, because somebody else has it and you don't, or if you're mad at yourself because you've wanted it for so long and you haven't figured out how to pull it off, in your irritation at your unfulfilled desires, you slow them down. Now you don't prevent them because when you croak, you'll have all of them. (laughs) But you won't have them in the manifested form when you croak. You'll have them in the vibrational thought form. And what we're wanting you to understand is the vibrational thought form has the potential of giving you every bit as much satisfaction as the fully manifested form. And when you get that and you care so much about how you feel that you contour your thoughts to make yourself feel good, then they have to come But the best part is, you felt good all the time they weren't there on the way to becoming. 
We say to our physical friends, just hold the vision of what you want so much that it thrills you. Even conjure a vision that gives you a feeling of excitement so that you are milking the benefit from it long before the manifestation comes. And our friends will say, and so it hasn't come yet, right? And we say, no, it hasn't come yet, but you feel glorious. And they say, yeah, 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 but, but when's it going to come? And we say, soon when you feel really good. And they say, yeah, 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 but, but so all I get in the meantime is feeling good? <laughs> and we say, yes, you get to feel good in the interim. And they say, well, I don't see the point in that. I don't see the point in being happy about something before it gets there. And we say, then you're holding things in abeyance, aren't you? You're holding things unnecessarily apart because it is alignment to desire that brings the manifestation of it. You see, you're multifaceted beings, but there are only really two aspects of you that we want to bring your attention to, and that's the non-physical part of you and the physical part of you. And often, in your physical form, you think that you are only the physical part of you, that you left the non-physical part behind when you became physical. In other words, it's dead or alive. It's non-physical or physical. But most humans don't really get it that you are non-physical energy focused in this physical body, and that some some of the energy that is you is both non-physically focused and physically focused. And the non-physical part of you stays always riding the edge of creation. In other words, the non-physical part of you holds itself never-endingly in that vibrational awareness of worthiness, of blessedness, of all things are possibleness. In other words, that non-physical part of you knows who you really are and never blinks for a moment from that knowing. While the physical part of you is out here banging around, knowing what you don't want, knowing what you do want, and that's not a bad thing, that's the way you intended it to be. You knew that you were the leading edge, pioneer, so to speak, of this consciousness that is always in a state of becoming. So you said, I'll go forth into this physical body and I will explore and automatically out of knowing what I don't want, I will know more clearly what I do want. And you said that whether you were a genius human or one of your magnificent beasts or a one-cell organism. In other words, all consciousness understands that it has at its basis a non-physical source or soul or spirit or inner being or whatever you're wanting to call it that is actively alive and present while you are focused. This Art of Allowing workshop is structured in order to help you recognize that those two aspects of you exist and to give you processes to help you meld those two aspects because the fulfillment that you're looking for, the happiness that you're looking for, the living happily ever after that so many are on the quest of can only happen when you are in vibrational alignment with the whole of you. And that whole of you, that non-physical part of you is continuing to evolve rapidly because of you. In other words, the day you were born, you were up to speed with who you really are. That non-physical part of you was the dominant and only vibration of you, and that's the energy that was born into you. That's why you knew your value then. Oh, you couldn't talk, you couldn't communicate with the others, and that was really a good thing in terms of your well-being, but you were a vibrational being who right away started, by osmosis, picking up on the vibration of your physical human 
and time-space reality. If your mother was worried, then you knew about that. You could feel the vibrational variance between who you really are and who she was influencing you to be, and so on. And so, as you were born into this physical body, you began to acclimate not only to the language that surrounded you and not only to the spatial aspects that surrounded you, you began to acclimate to the vibrational countenance that surrounded you. And fortunately for you, there was a plethora of variety. In other words, so much for you to choose from. And of course, what was up closest to you automatically influenced you the most because whatever you give your attention to always causes an activation of vibration within you. Now here's a part we really want you to hear. So your source energy and a part of that consciousness comes forth into this physical body and as it does and you begin to explore and you know what you don't want, you send out, so to speak, vibrational rockets of desires. In other words, you can't help but be in an environment observing and knowing from all levels of your being that something could be more comfortable than it is. You just automatically know that. And every time a new level of comfort or a new level of desire is born within you because of your awareness of your environment, the source energy part of you follows that thread of thought and hold steady to it. That's how the evolution of all species occurs. But what that means to you is, you in your human form gave birth to an expanded idea that the source within you took immediately and held never-endedly. Which means there could now be, and usually is, a separation, a vibrational separation between who the larger part of you has just become because of what you're living in your human form and you in your human form and what you're allowing yourself to be. In other words, when, you, when your life helps you to know you would like more money, the source energy part of you embraces that idea and holds to the concept of that expansion. But when you keep beating the drum of, I really need it because I don't have it, now you've set up a separation because the source within you is focused upon the having of it while you're focused upon the, I haven't got it yet. So as you beat the drum, I haven't got enough money, 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 I need more money, I need more money, I need more money, I need more money. Even though the larger part of you is over there vibrating in the essence of more money. And by the way, that vibration that precedes all manifestation is not something to scoff at. In other words, just because you can't see it yet with your eyes that are interpreting what's been manifested does not mean that it is not a reality in the process of becoming what you call real knock-on-wood spendable currency. In other words, the idea always comes first. The vibration always precedes the manifestation. A thought has to be thought upon quite a while before it takes form. But you're not new at this business of creating. There has been consciousness in this time-space reality summoning manifestation around itself for longer than you have ever even given the slightest idea. You don't even have figures in time long enough to acknowledge the amount of time that things have been manifesting in this time-space reality. And you are here benefiting from all that has come before. So you have this wonderful platform 
that you stand on from which you conjure your new ideas. This business of creating is so well underway. This is the time of greatest expansion in physical form that has ever existed. And you knew that it would be. You knew it was a time of awakening. You knew it was a time when you, if you wanted to, in your human form, could become fully aware of this non-physical part of you, aware of the guidance system within you, and that you could conjure an idea out of the soup that you call the time-space reality that you are involved in. You could give birth to an idea. The idea would be fully received by the non-physical part of you and held in your vibrational escrow steadily, calling you toward it, waiting for you to figure out how to be, once and for all, a vibrational match to your own dreams. And when you become a vibrational match to your hopes and dreams, to your aspirations, to your desires, to your goals, they come fast because law of attraction says that they must. But you know why they don't come fast? Because the larger part of you is holding them and law of attraction is responding to that idea that you have given birth to. But you're, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money. My lover won't come, my lover won't come, my lover doesn't love, my lover doesn't love, my lover doesn't love, my lover ran away, my lover ran away, my lover ran away, my lover ran away. I'm going to kill my lover, I'm going to kill my lover, I'm going to kill my lover. So what happens is you beat the drum of things as you observe them to be rather than beating the drum as the source within you is beating the drum. In other words, I am not worthy, I am not worthy, I am not worthy. We hear you say it in hundreds of ways in almost every day while the source within you is always saying, I am truly worthy, I am truly worthy. All good things come to me. And so as you begin to pay attention to the way you feel, you can begin to tune yourself into vibrational alignment because when you feel negative emotion, it always means the same thing. You're beating a vibrational drum that's different from who you really are. And in doing so, you're causing a tug of war within yourself. That's what negative emotion is. And the reason that we know this so clearly is because we know the power of law of attraction and we know that law of attraction which says that which is likened to itself as drawn is responding to every vibrational beating of every drum. Every thought you think is vibrational in nature and law of attraction is sorting those thoughts out and bringing things that match them to them. So. And that was once again Abraham Hicks. You can check out Abraham Hicks uh, YouTube channel. Uh, she has a lot of amazing books. Highly recommend buying any of them um such a powerful powerful teacher and uh you know her point there at the end i am truly worthy what what are you beating the drum of what are you saying and when you whenever you're feeling bad it's just because you're beating the drum of the wrong message you're telling the wrong story and on the other side of existence your non-physical aspect of self and it's something that i think very few people ever consider or think of you're actually a a spiritual being having a human experience, not a human being trying to have a spiritual experience. And when you can think about and acknowledge the fact that you have this other part of yourself that is non-physical, that is in perfect alignment with the unfolding of your desires and everything that you want to manifest, and your physical part is the thing that is holding it up, and your job is to only get in alignment with that that vibration with that energy and yeah definitely one of my favorite teachers when it comes to understanding how to manage your vibration and law of attraction mm -hmm. i love brandon the fact that um these teachings are getting out to the masses in a major major way and of course as abraham said in the video 
we are living right now in a tremendous time of conscious manifestation, right? This is the, uh, as they usually say, the leading edge of creation. But uh, she also mentioned that we're living in a time of unprecedented manifestation, I believe. uh, Right, right. And uh, one thing I was going to quickly mention is the fact that uh, the teachings of Abraham Hicks were part of, or I believe a big part of, the inspiration for that movie The Secret that came out uh, quite a few years ago now. But it became a big hit when it came out, and it... um, just uh, resonated with people a lot as another one of the teachings that we like here uh, the teachings of uh, Eckhart Tolle which get out to the masses through Oprah but uh, I just love seeing everything to do with law of attraction being just discussed being looked at being thought about um, put in practice of course and just being something that the masses are absorbing, really. It's yeah. just, they're, they're just sort of absorbing this knowledge and internalizing it, applying it, and then we will see the results here. So Absolutely. And, and there's so many people that have used the law of attraction without even understanding how it works or why it works. And there's so many successful, you know, what we would call, quote unquote, successful, financially successful, or, you know, in acting or music or they didn't get there by thinking, I'm not capable, I can't do it. They believe, they believe, they believe. They drummed up the energy, the vibration of seeing themselves like that, believing they belong there. Every single one of them, whether or not they understood the law of attraction or not, they're using it. It's the same as the law of gravity. You don't have to understand how it works to feel the effects of it if you step off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and uh, so it's something, once you actually understand how it works, then your whole job becomes managing your vibration and looking at what, what are you resonating with. And uh, so, yeah, once again, uh, really, really uh, thankful and grateful to have so much great information out there from Abraham Hicks. And there's so much more, like I said, in the form of books and CDs and things like that, that you can purchase online or just check out all the free uh, information on, on YouTube uh, has a lot of video. Mm-hmm. So real quick, I was going to mention, Brandy, that I love the fact that both of these people and, of course, a few of the other teachers that we really love and, and know have they seem to have a wonderful sense of humor right yeah as abraham usually does in their talks they're ready to they're quick-witted and they're ready to just poke fun at our own false assumptions and really laugh at us but not in in a malicious way they're just really laughing at our sort of foolish assumptions really right right pointing them out in a in a very humorous way (laughs) absolutely all right everyone that leads us into the next segment the Positive Pondering Breakdown of the Day. And we have with us the lovely Anna Bilan, my great friend and partner and sometimes dinner preparer. (laughs) Hello, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hi. (laughs) Oh, so it's uh, nice to have you join us and to actually read your breakdown uh, live and in person. It's nice to have a little bit of sweetness on the show with... Myself and Dalian always bringing so much masculine aggressiveness to our broadcast. It's nice to have the sweetness that is uh, the lovely Anna. So thank you for joining us. Oh, wow. You're saying such nice things about me. Well, you know, (laughs) I do what I can. Maybe I should come on the show more often. Apparently, apparently that that might help. (laughs) What do you got for us? Well, I have a quote by Alice Walker and it goes like this. The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. And I decided to write a breakdown about this because I think a lot of us could relate to this particular quote. Um, So here we go. 
How many situations have you been in where you automatically assumed that you were not in a position of power, that you simply had to go along with what someone else had predetermined? Unfortunately, many of us operate from this mentality quite regularly, whether it be in social settings, at work, or especially in situations where we believe others to have authority over us. However, putting yourself back in a position of power is as simple as reminding yourself that you do indeed have it and that you've had it all along. It means not playing into the victim mentality and trusting yourself in your own abilities. Sure, it might come with more responsibility than blindly following someone else, but who decided that we shouldn't have responsibility over ourselves in the first place? Being empowered does not mean having to know everything, because there is no such thing as knowing everything, and anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. Sure, we've all heard the term, knowledge is power, but the real power does not come from knowing, it comes from the decision to know. This means you can come into a situation completely uninformed, and instead of continuing to stay uninformed and thus victimizing yourself, you can decide to gather your information and progress into the field of knowledge. The decision itself is the pivotal point, and that's where the empowerment comes in, from having the option to always optimize your situation in your favor. Just because you arrive at a point of lack of knowledge does not mean you have to stay there. This can apply to any situation in your life, whether figuratively or literally. There is no shame in admitting to yourself that you might not have all of the answers, but instead of letting that stop you and surrendering your power, you can use that opportunity to harness it instead. When you do this, instead of plateauing at a point, you continue ascending. Occasionally, you might come across a situation where knowledge is shrouded away from you on purpose. In this instance, it is especially important to remember that someone else's ideas of what is necessary for you are not your ideas. This is a time to exercise your autonomy. Reflect on your actions and ask yourself, have I acted in any way that might have caused this person to believe that I am not deserving of having knowledge? Asking that will probably shed some light on your actions and allow you to change them in the future or at least become more conscious of them. Always holding responsibility for yourself first and foremost is a key factor to staying empowered. Remember that exercising your power does not equate to having control. Just like you can't know everything, you can't control everything either. Those who do try to control every situation are actually barely clenching on to their personal power, hence the serious effort to stabilize their environments and outweigh everyone else. This type of demeanor comes from a place of ego, which is actually a coping mechanism for insecurity. Instead of doing this, practice your personal power by discovering what works for you and respecting yourself in your stage of development. If a situation is not working for you, instead of giving in and relinquishing your power to someone else, simply walk away and transition into a place where you are seen and heard. This transition is not a sign of weakness, but actually strength, since you're pulling yourself out of a toxic situation and taking responsibility for your well-being.
Many might say that our society is built on the illusion of authority and is intrinsically wired to project power dynamics. However, once we start seeing that authority stems from division and division stems from comparison, the question of why separate, why not work together comes up. Having people think they are different from each other and then highlighting that difference by comparing all the have and have nots we experience has been propagating the denial of personal power for too long. This is why it is important to realize that the first step in reaffirming your autonomy is to stop comparing yourself to others. The word autonomy means not being dependent on anyone else, which means your actions, style, Hobbies and opinions should not depend on what someone else is doing. Autonomy puts a stop to comparison because comparison becomes irrelevant. Once that happens, the differences between people no longer seem as divisions, but instead inherent exercises of their own autonomy. And that sameness leads to respect. There is no longer a need to prove to someone that you know more, have more, or can do more because you are all now just being the best versions of yourself. When you approach someone in a position of quote-unquote power, you can now realize that this is simply a role they are playing and you can easily tap into that role for yourself as well. Although there is a hint of an idealized utopian society in my suggestions, it doesn't hurt to start playing around with these ideas on a small scale. By simply remembering that you are your own individual and by figuring out what it is that we want to accomplish, you can get a lot further than by following someone else in their quest. Ah, Spectacular. Thank you, Anna, for that beautiful breakdown. You're welcome. It's definitely one that I can relate to in my own life and business and business dealings with people. You know, you come across so, so often in that world, people that are looking to exert their power and influence. And it's always, um, it's always coming from a place of ego. Yeah. It's always coming from a place of ego and, and someone trying to show their dominance and show and prove that they're worthy and, a lot of times it's from fear of exposure that they're actually not yes. doing as much as, as they would like for you to believe. And it, it gets, in the business world, it can get really difficult. Having Being someone myself who's kind of walked both lines, both creatively and entrepreneurially, it's been difficult at times when you deal with people that strictly think in terms of how do I get more power and how do I limit your power? And what's I, I've seen firsthand so many times is that what they're doing is actually hurting themselves by trying to mm-hmm. diminish other people's power instead of realizing that, you know, you get what you give essentially. And by opening right. up and letting people to be who they are and not needing to try and diminish them or make them look less in order to make yourself look like more. I, I think especially it's important to remember that in situations like that, um, you know, it's okay to kind of pull yourself out of that scenario because as I mentioned in the breakdown it's not a sign of weakness it's actually a great side of respect for yourself that you know what your best optimal operating state is and if you are in a situation where you're surrounded with people that um you know are trying to manipulate manipulate or control you and you're just not having it then perhaps removing yourself out of that situation is the best thing you can do 
Absolutely. And if there is an instance where someone has knowledge that you don't, I think that's an important point that you make that you can you can educate yourself. Right. People so often feel disempowered. I oh, well, they know more than I do. They've mm-hmm. got this figured out and I don't. And as soon as you take a different stance and think to yourself and say to yourself, yes, maybe at this moment I don't have the uh, knowledge that I would like to have. I can always take steps to attaining Mm -hmm. it. And as soon as you set that energy in motion, it's a complete game changer because like everything else with the universe, once you say, okay, I can and I will and I'm going this route, the universe instantly opens up all kinds of avenues to give you what it is that you seek. When you proclaim to the universe, I, I am disempowered, I don't have knowledge, I don't have it, you then guess what? You don't. So it's it's really important to understand that you always have the power. The pivotal point, right, as I said. Right, yeah. right. You have the power to change your situation mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, gathering the knowledge that you seek to feel more empowered. And by stating that you intend to do so, you open up that energy to flow into your life. Yeah, and also by realizing that a lot of these positions of authority that, you know, we encounter in our life, um, whether it even be, you know, you're going to the post office and the person behind the desk is, you know, not really treating you the way that you want to be treated. And you think, oh, you know, they're on a power trip, you know, because whatever they're doing just remember that it's not really a position of authority it's just a role that they're playing that when they go home and they're with their family they're a completely different person right so you know you can tap into that person that goes home and is with their family you can start relating to people on that level instead of because when you see them in a power position or a position of authority that's what you're projecting onto them and therefore that's what you're receiving. You're co-creating it. You're co-creating it, exactly. So just just treat everybody as if they're your equal and, um, you know, from a place of love and I think you'll be getting a lot better results. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. I've certainly been in quote-unquote positions of power many times in my life, but I've also been in positions of you know, where, where I've disempowered myself by thinking, oh, this person has knowledge or wisdom that I don't have. And as a result, uh, giving away my power. And as a result, that person then turning into mm-hmm. somewhat of, um, you know, because non-idealized people, people version sense, of themselves. Right. They can sense that you're willingly giving away a, because you're just being lazy, you know, you're just not educating yourself. And when you're being lazy and not taking responsibility, that's when other people start sensing that and um, kind of thinking, oh, well, this person is easy to control and manipulate, you know, they're not even taking the responsibility over their own actions or their own knowledge to gather the information that is necessary. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for joining us with this wonderful breakdown. It's certainly one that I can relate to and take a lot away from. So hopefully the audience can as well. Thank you, Brandon. Okay. Well, to move along, we have uh, one other bit that we would like to uh, share today. And that is the mysterious story of the day. And now for the mysterious news of the day. Animal, what do you have in regards to a mysterious story for us? I have, uh, I'm bringing to you another article from Wake Up World today. This is one from uh, today. So it's a fresh one. And uh, I'm going to read a couple of things off the article real quick before okay. I go into other things that this led me to to find out about. Great. So the article is by Makia Freeman, and it's regarding the moon anomalies that are being observed more and more these days. 
Uh, the article actually gets into a few of those, which I will quickly mention. But uh, this is primarily about something called the lunar wave. Okay, this is a phenomenon that's being filmed. It it has been filmed by a few people. There's one uh, gentleman in particular, Crow Triple Horn, who has a YouTube channel. His handle is Crow with two R's, C R R O. ROW777. And this guy's got a bunch of videos on this. He is a former uh, radio controller for the military. Mm -hmm. So he's got some technical experience, especially with radio waves. And uh, he has filmed the lunar wave, um, I believe, a couple of times already. Now, if you um, watch his videos, of course, you can see it for yourself. What it looks like, it's, it's a remarkable phenomenon. It looks like a refresh rate on a monitor. I believe these were most apparent in old uh, cathode ray or CRT monitors, the big tube mm-hmm. ones that we used to have. Those would refresh the image in a way where you see that uh, sort of horizontal line that swipes across the image. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So this guy's got footage of the surface of the moon okay. doing that. Wow. And, and it's just remarkable to see because it's curved, so it follows the surface of the moon, right. which immediately makes you think, okay, if this was a video anomaly, it would be completely fr- flat, right? right? Right across the entire screen, but it appears to actually be on the surface of the moon. Wow. So it's really remarkable, and of course... As I mentioned, the article gets into a few of the other physical anomalies that the moon um, just basically has that over history have been pointed out. And if you take them all together, they add up to a pretty remarkable picture. There's a couple of points from this article that are a couple of the more salient points. Uh, Those being the moon's true surface. I'm reading now. The moon's true surface is being cloaked by some kind of advanced holographic technology and the other point is the moon itself is holographic. It's not really there. It's just a projection. Wow. Yes. Now, the article does also talk about a couple of uh, former military people who have come forth and um, been essentially uh, high, highly credible witnesses to these phenomenon, right? One of them has talked about, I believe, a former uh, U.S. Air Force pilot who's essentially said, yeah, we've discovered bases on the dark side of the moon. That's why we want sure. to keep it Yeah, I've heard this. Yes. So a couple of the anomalies that uh, regarding the moon as a physical object that are remarkable is just how big it is relative to the size of the Earth. Right. We know of no other planet uh, that's an Earth-like planet that has a moon as large as the moon is. Right. And the moon is not only uh, tremendously big for uh, its size relative to Earth, but it also exhibits some other funny characteristics. It uh, appears to be hollow. There is uh, a bit of research that was quoted in the article that says the moon's mean density is 3.34 grams per cubic centimeter. The, Earth is, the Earth's density is 5.5. So it it led this uh, scientist, Dr. Gordon McDonald, back in 1962, this NASA scientist, to conclude that the moon couldn't be solid, that it wow. had to have some large, hollow uh, cavities inside it. Interesting. That lends itself a lot to, uh, you know, I've heard, of course, the conspiracy theories, all kinds of conspiracy theories revolving around the moon, and one of which is the concept that it is actually a satellite. It's not something that is uh, a natural occurring moon at all. It's actually, you know, something that's been put there. And uh, also, I've heard, you know, it said that where it's at in relation to the sun and the fact that it perfectly blocks um, the sun on eclipses is like, completely beyond all chance Mm -hmm. wasn't there someone a famous scientist or someone that talked about that yeah according to the article that they quote isaac 
uh, Asimov, actually. I, I thought it was Isaac Newton, the famous physicist. Oh, I, the, of course, sci- the science fiction guy. <laughs> right. But Isaac Asimov is a yeah pretty well-known, uh, highly respected science fiction writer. And he said it's the most unlikely of coincidences. Right, right. That it perfectly masks the sun the way that it does when there's an eclipse. And yeah, there, there's all kinds of interesting stuff out there about the moon. And uh, are we saying that it is hollow and a satellite? Uh, no. Are we saying that it could be? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I don't I don't take anything. I think reality is, is stranger than fiction. And there's so much that has been altered about our history and presented to us in a way by uh, a government or forces that want us to think a certain way. And when you have people that have been to the moon that tell you that there's actually uh, bases there and things like that, it's, there's just so much evidence to suggest there's something else going on as of now. I don't know for sure, but it certainly makes for some mysterious, interesting news to consider. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) And that's why I had to say what I said at the very beginning of the podcast, because we certainly couldn't say categorically that these things are true or not, right? Uh, Evidence is presented, and then it's really up to you to examine it and see how far-fetched or realistic it might be. But one thing that I think we both can say categorically, really, uh, about all of these things is that it benefits you to have an open mind and to really approach it like a scientist really should, which is to say, to not discount it out of hand and say, oh no, this couldn't possibly be that. Right, right. right. No way, right? Exactly. I I was told in third grade by my uh, science teacher that it's this, you know, it's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, well, you just reminded me of one thing. I was told in high school that brain cells don't regenerate. Guess what? We have found that they do. Right. So, yes. Yeah, there's a lot that we were told that it's not exactly as it uh, has been, as it as it's been told, you know, especially with history and things like that. Um, but well, guys, that's uh, a bit of mysterious news for you to consider and ponder. And it looks like we're getting uh, pretty far into it here, so we should go ahead and wrap things up for today's episode. Uh, please remember to send in questions, comments. Smart remarks. (laughs) Anything is very uh, appreciated. We'd love to hear from you and answer any questions or thoughts that you have um, or just hear general feedback in, you know, in general. So uh, you can you can write us through the contact page on positivehead.com. You can also uh, leave us a voicemail uh, via the podcast page. Um, right through the computer microphone. And of course, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes. That is uh, very much appreciated. And some of you have been doing that. And we thank you very much for the support. It it certainly helps to fuel us as we continue to put in uh, the effort to make uh, these podcasts and to know that it's uh, making a difference in, in anyone's life at all. So that is the end goal is to help uh, raise consciousness and to get you to question things and to explore your own personal power. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it sounds like we have already achieved our goal. So the only question now is just to do more of the same. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks again. Once, once again, thanks again for tuning in to the Positive Head podcast. Until next time, remember, as long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone.